1: All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is Scotty Bentley, also host here at Lockdown Red Wings, also host at Lockdown Tigers. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Got to get that plug in there, Scotty. Have to. Have to. Um, got a couple things we want to talk to you guys today about, but first, just get some news cleanup up uh, out of the way. First things first, the game on the 18th has been postponed. That was at Philadelphia. Uh, that game will be made up at a later date. It's supposedly because of COVID issues, but it must be because the Philadelphia Flyers are rescheduling things on their end. That because yeah. how are you predicting COVID issues a week and a half in advance? You know what I mean? Yeah, so for they sure. must have had games that are getting postponed that they're making they that time. Yeah, the NHL listed
0: five. Game postponements, and I think three of them were Philly. So it, it's just their schedule is hosed, and the teams that they play obviously have to accommodate
1: for that. Everyone's schedule is hosed right now. Uh, as more, more schedule changes for the Red Wings may be coming as well. Um, we want to talk about Phil Zeno. We kind of touched on it last night after the game recap, but we, we felt it warranted a broader conversation again. As you all know, he was benched not even benched, healthy scratch, scratched, healthy, scratched in the game against San Jose. And then, you know, Helene, Helene St. James came out with an interesting article today of the Detroit free press talking about the Zedina benching where she had some quotes from um, Jeff Blaschel that helped to paint a broader picture. And in it, he said, what Phillip needs to do is put himself. So he's not in the mix of players we're talking about and who goes in and who goes out. Ultimately, if you don't want to come out, Put yourself in so you're not in the mix. We don't talk about that with Tyler Bertuzzi or Dylan Larkin because what they've established themselves as players. I don't think it hurts a guy once in a while to hit the reset button, kind of take that pressure off, and then go get it. When Z comes back in the lineup, I'm hoping he can come back charging and playing really good hockey. And, you know, it makes a good point because he, right now, as we clearly saw last night, he's not one of the guys who is not untouchable, so to speak, on this roster. There are a couple of guys, like, I would have thought Philip Peronik at the start of the season would have been, like, an everyday guy, and he got the hook. I think Jeff Blaschel's not afraid of pulling a guy when they're underperforming, as we can clearly see, and Zadine has been underperforming, and I think with the fact that, um, you know, Carter Roney got hurt, he saw an opportunity to, you know, get Smith back in the lineup, and he had to make a roster adjustment and Zadina was the one to make the, to get the, to get the hook. Yeah, and, and it's
0: you know it, it'd be one thing if. They just kept putting him out there, and as as like second line winger over and over, and had him with the same people, and then pulled him. But like they, he, like Jeff has tried, man. Like Blash has, yes, has really. He has put him on the third line. He has mixed up who his line mates are on the third line. He's mixed up who his line mates are on the second line a little bit, not as much, but he's done uh, in game mixing. Like we've seen games where Zadina's played like half of the first period and then like not the rest of the game. We've seen him play uh in the middle of the third when he has like 6 minutes going into the third. I mean like he has been put in so many different situations and we have yet to see a single situation that has caused him to flourish. So while, again, it's, it's not a I, – I still think it is far too early and he is far too young to just completely punt on him. But I, I don't think that a, that a benching is like this atrocious, like how, how could you ever think that this is a good idea move. Like at, at some point, you you have to send some sort of a message and that's clearly what Blash did.
1: Yeah, and, and that's – I am 100% in agreement with what you were saying – And I mentioned it last night, At a a certain point it becomes on Zadina to hold himself accountable for his play. And he's played okay, but he hasn't played to what he is expected to be played a second line forward, ideally a top line forward for where he was drafted and what his skill set is, but he's just not finding ways to put the puck in the back of the net. And like you said, Scotty, Jeff Blaschel has put him in a position to succeed. So those, those Blaschel haters, I, I don't agree with, like, I think if you, I think if you think that Blaschel is the reason why Phillips Zadina is not playing good hockey, then you're wrong. I'm, you're wrong because he's put him in, a, put him in top six minutes. He's got, gotten him power play time. He's given him the opportunity, and Zadina has just failed to do so. I don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know what it is because he's got the skill set. He's taken a million shots on net. He just can't find the back of the net. And at this point where they're at in the season – When there's a roster decision to be made, it's a problem that your guy you took sixth overall in 2018 is now the guy that is getting yanked out of the lineup in favor of Michael Rasmussen to move up to the second line. Like that, that is glaring. And Rasmussen looked
0: better last night than Zadina has in like what 90% of of like the season. I, I mean, it wasn't even like, Oh, we got pulled and then we just threw somebody in there and he sucked too. like rest music looked phenomenal, which doesn't help this at all for, for, for Phillip. Um I
1: don't want to sound like I'm overreacting either because, you know, Oh, he only got scratched one game, but this is, it's not like this is just a sudden thing that happened and we're like, Oh, taken aback by it. This is an accumulation of the season thus far. He, like you said, he's seen reduced minutes. You, you, he's seen himself getting dropped down in the lineup. This is just the accumulation, the next step in the falling, in him falling in the depth chart. And it's, it's really upsetting to see because I, I really root for Philip Zadina. And I, yeah, of course, like my third time now saying that he's got a really good skill set. He just can't seem to bring it together on the ice. And I just, I, I really don't want to throw the, the B word out there in regards to him because we we've defended him in like the saying that it's his first full season and all that but he's just last season was a bad season for him in that shortened year this season's been a bad season for him in the first half of the season like at what point do we start to go maybe he's not what we thought he was
0: he's got 10 points in 32 games dog like like that's not that's not top six forward like you know what i mean and and it's and it's it's I guess it's it's third line forward, I guess. But like you didn't draft him to be a third line depth piece like you drafted him to, to like like you said a million times. You've drafted him to to be a, you know, prominent part of this team going forward. And, and I if his name wasn't Phillips Adina, if it was anybody else, if it was just some 28 year old like depth piece and he had 10 points in 32 games and was your third line winger. And he got sat one night. No one would blink. No one would be like, "Oh, this, that's horrible." What are you thinking? No one would. But nope. Philip Zidine is as polarizing as he is, um, and it causes what it causes. I mean, he just turned 22. Like he has, God, he has so time. He has time, and and I still hold out that faith that he will, that he will end up being uh productive and and be even even remotely close to what we expected him to be on draft night i do but at in a it, just looking at it objectively for, in a one game situation it's really not that ridiculous and i and i don't understand the the oh my goodness what is happening Blaschel's such an idiot blah 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 i i don't think it's that big of a deal i think it's pretty on par for the season and career that Phillips Adina has had up to this point.
1: Yeah. And it it really comes down to again, the the context when you give context to, you know, who he is, it's the same reason why we're so critical of Michael Rasmussen. Both of them were first round draft picks. Uh, So when you get drafted in the first round, there's a certain weight that comes with that kind of, uh, that that kind of uh, that the, the draft window that he was taken in for sure and for sure Zadina was taken sixth overall. Who else was taken sixth overall? Moritz Sider, you know Lucas Raymond was taken two above that at fourth overall. Simon Evanson in Sweden's taken sixth overall. I mean, obviously we can't really translate what si- Evanson's doing in Sweden right now to the NHL level, but so far he's got three people who are living up to. Three contemporaries who are living up to their hype that Zadina has failed to do, and again, he's 22. It's his first NHL season. That can't be stated enough. He's still got room to grow, and I still think that he has room to grow. But it's been an accumulation these past two seasons of underperforming, especially when you consider where he was drafted. And I just, I, I, I'm starting to get a little nervous in my seat here, Scotty. And I don't want to, don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to use that B word, but it's just, it, it's starting to become glaring, like okay, well, this isn't just a bad stretch. This is starting to become Philip Zadina. It's scary.
0: It's scary. I mean, for, for the timeline of this rebuild and for everything that's come with it, it's obviously a scary thing. And, and thankfully, we have done a very good job. The front office and Eisenman have done a very good job of building a, a really solid foundation without putting all their cookies in the Philip Zadina jar and And have done a really good job, you know what i mean of of surrounding and and filling out the rest of the roster and the rest of the farm system really really well too, so if he doesn't end up being what we we thought he was going to be, you know we'll take our lump and and hopefully be okay but it's it's either way that this was this was somebody that that was supposed to be a big part of this thing going
1: forward, and uh up to this point has certainly not shown it yeah absolutely and uh We'll talk more about this and then some uh, Anaheim Ducks preview when we come back. Arkin drops it back to Raymond. Charges up across the Buffalo Saber line. Moves in, shoots the puck. He scores, and the Red Wings ended quickly. Twenty-six seconds into overtime, Lucas Raymond put it through the pads of Takarski into the net. Scotty, I got one final question on this Philip Zadina hot button issue that everyone's yes. talking about. That's my answer. Oh, okay. That doesn't actually answer the question because it wasn't a yes or no <laughs> question. good. The question Friday. is – Friday. No, that's, that's not the answer oh, either. I thought you were going to ask what the horse's name was. No, no. Uh, the question <laughs> was going to be, where do you go from here with Philip Zadina? What is the next step? Do you immediately reinsert him back in the lineup, hoping that the problem's been solved? Do you sit him for another game? Or do you put him back in the lineup, but maybe in a more uh, mitigated role? Instead of power play time um, on second line, you put him in third line, fourth line, and keep Michael Rasmussen on that second line for as long as he stays hot. Like, What is the next step with Phil Zena, in your opinion? I think I I put him back in the lineup. Um And honestly,
0: I I put him as high up as I'm comfortable, whether it's straight back to the second line uh, or maybe like third line in some special teams uh, or or whatever. I I think you sent your message. It was clear. And I think you see how he responds immediately. You know what I mean? I, I I don't think there's too much value in sitting him and then giving him eight minutes. I, I think that kind of defeats the purpose of why you sat him in the first place. Now you like you could have just given him eight minutes last night, like you know what I mean. I I don't know. I I think you I think you insert him, and I mean this is the first like major healthy scratch he's had. So you, you reinsert him. You give him as mu- many minutes as you're comfortable giving him, uh, whatever that is, thirteen, fifteen minutes, and uh, and you see and you see how he responds. I I think the. You did this to send a message, and the most important part of that is the response to it. So I, I think not allowing him to respond, you know what I mean, and giving him like third line and no special teams, giving him like nine minutes or whatever is really um, not, not giving him the opportunity to respond to the message that you sent.
1: See, I differ on uh, with you a little bit on that. Um, obviously, the part about putting him where you're comfortable, most comfortable is – is the part I agree on, and that's going to differ from person to person for sure. how comfortable they yeah, are with it. Pretty him. subjective. Uh, Michael Rasmussen, you know what? He played really well in the second line. Let's see if he can keep that up, keep him up there. I would almost shoot, I because you have to play this careful balance of lighting a fire under their butt, slash, crushing their confidence altogether. Like some for guys sure. respond, you have everyone responds differently to this kind of tactic. And, you you got to build Zadina's confidence at this point because of the fact that like he's just had a bad season. and I'm sure, I don't know him personally, but I'm sure that weighs on him in different ways. I don't know how he reacts to it. But you can't, don't, you can't have him shutting down completely. So you put him on a roll in a line you see him succeeding with. And I think keeping Rasmussen on the second line, actually, for the next game, he frees up a spot on the third line for him and Vlad Mesnikov and a center of your choice to dominate on the third line. Because Zadina and Nemesnikov are both skilled forwards. We talked about how Nemestikov dominates on the third line. Put those two guys together on the third line. You could have a dominant third line and still have an effective second line with Pew Suter and Robbie Fabry. You know, this could be a good confidence building experience. Now I'm just spitballing here. I I'm not the head coach, and there's good reason why I'm not the head coach. But it it seems like Yeah, okay. Uh it seems like a halfway decent idea when I think about it in my head because he you know he might only get then 12 minutes instead of you know the 16 he would get on the second line but it could be a good way of getting his confidence back when he's playing against opponents he theoretically should be able to outperform because he's got the skill set again he just he just maybe he just at the moment doesn't believe he has the skill set for sure and and I think I,
0: I agree with your reasoning and then just, just disagree on how I, how, my strategy of, of agreeing with
1: yeah. <laughs> like, Different solutions,
0: right? Yes. That that's the wording. Yes. I, I, I totally agree with, with the fact that you want to build his confidence back up. And that's why I think you give him as many minutes as possible. You, you throw him out there, you give him you give him as many minutes as you want to give him. Um, and that will show, you know, that, that's, a, that's a statement of, hey, we, you, we still trust you, but I needed to get this point across that if you don't produce, you're going to get benched. That's fair. And that's I, fair I, I think the best way to show, to, to keep the confidence as high as it possibly could be after getting healthy scratched at 22 is to, to go out there and, and give him whatever larger role he's had this season back. Centering top line. Let's go. Move Dylan Larkin down to number two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, can handle it. Let's go.
0: Let's just see, man. What if, what if we did that, that he went out and just had like a
1: – Six-goal game.
0: Yeah, like a Hattie and two assists. We are like, all right, well – He's like, I've been telling you guys, all I needed is, is, is to just be the focal point of the offense. I don't know.
1: That would be insane. What a, what a <laughs> change in direction this franchise would take if Phil Pazidino just turned out to be like – an elite goal scorer, only when he's on the top line. For real. For (laughs)
0: real, man. I mean, like, that's not true because he played top line all of last year. But
1: Well, out of necessity. Anyway. Anyway. Um, the Red Wings ahead of tomorrow's game, uh, reassigned three players to their their taxi squad. Three players are players who are going to be on this taxi squad all season. They're guys who were on the taxi squad a week ago. Uh, Riley Barber, Luke Wachowski, and Caden Fulcher. That's it, guys. That's the news. Woo! Woo! We got the text. I don't know why they got sent back to the, Grand- to the Griffins in the first place, if you're just going to call them back. It must have been Ross or Heavy something or other. Hitters. Oh, yeah, no, know. you know what it is? It's because they cannot spend more than, like, so many consecutive days oh, on a yeah, squad right. in a row. Right. And so they sent them down to reset the timer to bring them back up because the Red Wings, all, for all intents and purposes, have gotten past the COVID spread. Like, it could, they could catch it again, but, like, it's, now that they all had it, it's lesser right. of a chance they'll catch it again in the near future. You know, as time goes on, the chances get greater again. But, you know, that's a whole different to- topic. So you got three guys back in the taxi squad again in case somebody catches COVID. There are a few guys on the roster who haven't caught it yet, but we're praying that they don't because we don't want to lose anyone and have to slot Luke Wachowski one point in the AHL Luke Wachowski back into the lineup. Is this Luke Wachowski slander? A little bit, yeah. Wow. Wow. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought you'd see the day. Have you talked to me? (laughs) And then the other little piece of news we want, we wanted to mention before getting into the Anaheim Ducks preview. Scotty, we didn't mention it yesterday because we were so in love with how the game unfolded. But after Smith got into his fight, everyone's favorite referee, which sounds so weird when you say it out loud, people have a favorite referee.
0: It's every, he's everybody's favorite referee though.
1: Wes McCauley. Wes McAlley, five minutes. Five for minutes fighting. for fighting. fighting. <laughs> like, I think he's the man. He's just he the man. Didn't say in the post game press conference that he's the best referee in the NHL?
0: Yeah. And then, like, even it's so wild because, like, the Red Wings Twitter account. There was a fight. Like, Giovanni Smith got the, the their their player got in a fight, and he landed on top. And then they didn't even tweet a clip of like the fight. They just tweeted the. <laughs> they, they were like. <gasps> They were like, "Go to the thirty-nine second mark. You're welcome." And it was just the McCallie call. They literally <laughs>
1: asked you to skip the entire fight. Yeah, the actual to get to the
0: player that they, you know, won. And they're like, "Yeah, just go to the McCallie call. Five yeah. minutes for fighting.
1: For fighting. <laughs> he's the man. He's just the he's man. He's got such. He's got a personality, man, and that's just something you need in the league. He's the best. All of his calls, even like like the fighting,
0: like the end of the fighting one was was obviously the the highlight, but." All of his calls are electric is he's he just the, so
1: is, enthusiastic is McCauley the one who said you can't do that before yeah Conor, yeah man. he
0: has done that yes you he's, can't do he's that just the man. two
1: minutes for hooking
0: he's just the man oh he's, he's, he's a gem
1: he is rare he is. in sports to have a umpire or referee with an actual not 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 even humble but fun. I keep thinking of baseball umpires and how they all have massive egos and all I just want to. They're the, that, they're the worst. They're the worst. Team Ian think- Kittler for life, if you know, you know. A- Angel Hernandez, yeah. Okay. Um, BetOnline would like to wish you a very happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Betterline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online. Bet online. Bet online. Where the game starts. Off the bench came
0: Cider. Cider, shaken from his jack. the shot. He scores. Cider wins it for Detroit.
1: Oh, Sider with his first National Hockey League goal. All right, time to do our Anaheim Ducks Detroit Red Wings preview as the Red Wings are going on a three-game road trip to California, facing the Ducks, then the Kings, then the Sharks, who they just took care of at LCA, as we have uh, so fervently reminded many of you many times already. But first up is those Anaheim Ducks, Scotty, and... Uh, they had a lot, a lot of COVID-19 problems, like the Red Wings and many other teams in the league, but the Ducks more so than many other teams. I think the other, only other team that's ha- been worse off because of COVID is the Montreal Canadiens. The Ducks have been just absolutely wasted. And then you have some news about players returning? Yeah, yeah.
0: the the They said on the broadcast and, and you know, from – from oddly enough, I'm like really in touch with Ducks Twitter, and that's indirectly because um, I am uh, very in Los Angeles Angels Twitter. Then they're all Ducks <laughs> fans, so like you know, and like that's a whole different story of how I even like made friends on with, within the Angels Twitter community. But um, the the belief seems to be that that Zgris is gonna come back for tomorrow. Um, I guess the people kind of thought he was coming back last night um, and uh, he, what, like tested positive once or something. So the, the I, I think, or tested positive too recently. So um, I, I think the general belief, and again, like I said, they said on the broadcast too, is that Zegris is probably going to be back for uh, the game, which is exciting for the NHL. I mean, you have then Cider Raymond, and zegras all in a game together that's obviously that that's great for uh marketing even though the nhl will do nothing with it because they hate marketing their players but that that's still a, a cool thing um and then uh gets i believe he's still like iffy and i think he's more leaning toward probably not being able to be back for the game by the sounds of it so um Still, uh, they, they've, they've still got people coming back, and they had a couple of, like, low-line depth pieces just get put on. So, like, they're still dealing with it pretty heavy. Um, But Zegers coming back is obviously huge for them and and just a cool thing for the NHL.
1: Yeah, Zegers coming back is going to really change the outlook on how this game is played because he has been such a dynamic rookie for this team uh, so far this season. He's literally – he's been everything that he has been hyped up to be, which is – you know, can't that's something that's so rare nowadays. It seems like when guys live up to their hype, um, he's got 25 points and 35 games played. Uh, everyone knows that amazing pass he had. That one pass doesn't define his entire season, but his season's backed it up. He's, he's been, been phenomenal, really good. I mean, he's the rookie of the month of December, so yep. all three rookies of the month for the, the season thus far are going to be in this game, and so it's going to be an absolutely electric game, can't miss game. The Ducks are having one hell. Of a resurgent season. They're second in the Pacific division, 18, 11, and 7. They are very suddenly one of the premier teams in the Pacific, which is a tough as hell division. I mean, you got the Golden Knights, uh, you got the Colorado Avalanche, you got you know, teams like the Calgary Flames who are always expected to be one of the topper teams in the division, and sometimes aren't really aren't. But you know, you got you got plenty of teams in that division. Who are super super tough to play against, and the Anaheim Ducks have risen against above it all so far. The first thirty, it's not going to be an easy game. Red Wings struggle on the road. Anaheim Ducks are playing out of their mind this year. It's going to be a tough one for the Detroit Red Wings, and we just got to hope that uh, this is, you know, ending that homestand with that win over the Sharks is enough to get them fired up to go to California and get the first, you know, get the first game as a win. Yeah, the 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 ducks are wild, man.
0: They're honestly, they are. I've probably watched more ducks games than any other team in the NHL besides the Red Wings. Like they they really they're so fun to watch. And now that everything's on ESPN Plus and stuff, like they, I mean, they're they're one of my favorite teams to watch. They're so unbelievably young. Uh, they still have they're still a little shallow on defense. So uh, hopefully, the top line for the Wings can do some damage there. But their forward core is young and good. And they I I think they – I mean, very clearly they took a big step forward this year. And I think they're just a couple of kind of tightening up the the ship defensively away from actually becoming like a true contender. I I am very high on the Ducks going forward and currently. And Zegers coming back is a big thing for them, obviously. Um, They're a young, fast team like they they fly and and it feels like gibson's been in the league for 20 years right? in that but he's still only in his like his his like late ish 20s i mean he's he's still relatively young at by the you know the landscape of everything it's just he he's been their goalie forever already and he's still solid uh as, as he always is um it's a really good really fun young team and uh the, the the cracks are there the cracks are there to take advantage but I mean they went on a they went on a huge heater earlier in the year and won what like 10 straight or something yeah, ridiculous. Something I, like I mean they, uh, they they really have had a, a unbelievably fun season one of some of the one of the more, more fun seasons of any team in the entire league um, and uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a test game for the wings now Uh, Coming into the season, it might have been looked at as kind of like a uh, equal playing field, two teams that are just trying to take step forwards. And now it's it's very much a a prove it game, I would say, for the Red Wings to face off against this other team that's kind of lined up with you in the sense of where they are in the rebuild and and the youth movement and all that. And uh, it's it's two two young, fun teams. And and hopefully, if if the Wings look as fast as they did. Uh, a couple of nights ago, we could be in some for some fireworks, and like you said, the all th- top three of the Rookie of the Year voting all playing in the same game. It should be fun. Should be fun.
1: Well, and you know, at, at first brush, I was shocked uh, at the start of the season they had. I was like, Anaheim Ducks—they like, were—they were bad. Like, they were bottom feeders. You know, not last year and the year before. Like, where did this come from? And then you look at the roster that they have built, Scotty. I mean it's not that surprising i mean trevor zegris they drafted high i think third overall in that mm-hmm. in his draft class they did they yeah. got jamie drysdale they went out and made acquisitions like kevin shattenkirk you know they got guys like troy terry too another young guy who's playing out of his mind leading the team and scoring with 34 points in 35 games you know um cam fowler's been a fixture on that team for a while now and then of course you got veteran presence like Uh, Ryan Getzloff, who's been around but is still producing at a a good clip. They got a really good mix of young talent that they've acquired uh, through drafting, through free agency, through trading, and the guys who have just been around for a while. And then you got, like you said, John Gibson, 917 save percentage in 27 games played. Their backup goalie, Stolarz, he's got a 932 save percentage in 10 games played. So, you know, like you said, their biggest weakness is going to be is in their defensive depth. But it's not necessarily as big of a weakness, I would say, as what the Red Wings have in defense. Because the Red Wings defense, I would for say, sure. is even bigger. Like they, they are, you know, like you said, in a few years, they're going to be one of the powerhouses in the league if they keep treading in this direction. They are mm. what I hope the Red Wings are next year. Right. You know, a team that is legitimately, you know, still has a few holes to figure out, but is legitimately competing for their division and, you know, is putting up a fight in that race. They are a young, like you said, a young team that has a lot of promise, just not i don't think is' quite there yet for sure i i think are sure. still a
0: year 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 away uh, an off season i guess i don't, don't want to say a year i think theyre a, they're, a, they're a healthy good off season away from from being i, I mean really legit and yeah, I, but despite
1: I, despite all that they're still second in their division yeah they've had
0: a, they've had an unreal season for sure
1: yeah um, I, I, I'm not really comfortable predicting a score for this one, um, because I I think that's it's going to be one it's going to be a tough game for the Red Wings. I guess my question for you is, and we already talked about Filip Zadina, so we don't need to talk about if he's coming back. But who are we? Who are the Red Wings starting in this game? You know, that's always the hot button that right. question.
0: I I think I think you go Ned, and like part of that is is just. If he's your starter, I I know he he played the most recent game, but it, it's not a back to back. You still, I I, I mean, in a, in a in under a lens, like he's he's been in goal one time in the last two weeks, right? Like, and I, I know that that was just a couple of days ago, and and that's not quite the same thing. But we, we still did just have that break, um, and I I, I think, again, uh, against a young off quick offense like that, I I. You know, no slander, but I don't really want to see Grice in that against the Ducks. I, I think that kind of scares me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. For a while there, I was thinking that maybe Grice would start just to get him a, another game. But the more I, I sat on it and thought about it, I was like, this is a game against probably the toughest of the three in the West Coast road trip. You want to start off on the right foot in the road trip. So you want to put your goaltender who's most likely to get you the win. And you know, Nadelkovich is capable of playing multiple game stretches because he's done four consecutive games earlier mm-hmm. in the season when he played really well in that whole stretch. So I think they're going to, you know, tap on Nadelkovich to get them off on the right foot and then maybe give Grice game two or game three of this road trip. Again, then that'll uh, vary too, depending on how it's going, um, the road trip. So if Nadalkovich has an awful game, it'll be like Grice immediately. But Nadalkovich is coming off a pretty good game, the second straight game. Go for him again. They got the win last night. So hopefully uh, tonight they can do it again. Hopefully, baby. Well, uh, like I said, if,
0: if, if they look as fast as they did uh, on whatever day of the week
1: that we'll was, never lose again. Tuesday, we're, we're, we're set. New ball. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for a game recap. Recapping what is hopefully the second win in a row and the first of a a three-game road trip in California. Uh, Same same time, same place. See your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings.